And a mentor had told me, you got 18 summers, Jim. And he was 70 years old, had a great relationship with his grown daughters. He's like, you do those first 18 right, they're going to come back for more. He's like, in the memories that I live off of still, he's like, go all in. Whoever gave that awful advice to us, Matt, that put your head down, next five to 10 years, your family will understand. That's bullshit. That's terrible advice. So my whole thing of what I try to do, Matt, I'm the last person to take away ambition. But what I do with our build to rent company and then our 18 Summers Family Education, I want to see you be successful in business and investing and successful at home. And that's kind of where I've kind of settled in and how I get to meet great friends like you and others and other groups we're in together. And that's kind of become my mission and, and my shtick. Well, I'm excited to welcome into the show my brother, Mr. Jim Shields. How we doing, man? Good to see you, Matt. I love the hair too. I, I have a fellow hippie amongst my real uh, estate buddy. I, I, I took a page out of your playbook, brother. You've been letting the locks <laughs> grow for a while, and you know, COVID was like that that first, like, yeah, whatever, you know, let the hair grow. Yeah. And uh, I got yeah. a lot of compliments on it, and then I shaved it, and then I grew it out again. Um, but it's always good catching up with you, man. I mean, I, you and I crossed paths at, uh, at a GoBundance event a, a handful of years ago. And I don't know if you know this, but I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've impacted a lot of people and a lot of families in terms of, you know, your, uh, family education company with 18 summers, which I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. And, you know, the, the book, the family board meeting, um, you're obviously, you know, uh, an owner and partner in Southern Impression Homes, but Probably the biggest piece of impact you've had on me is my relationship with my kids and our quarterly board meetings and overnights and and kind of our weekly now conversations that we have um, and just created a whole different intentionality um, of how I interact with my kids and, and my wife because of the framework that you provided. And your story was just very inspiring to me. And I know it's going to impact a lot of people. I know we're going to talk real estate, family, passive income, all kinds of stuff. But for those that don't know who you are and what you do, when somebody asks who's Jim Shields, what do you say? That's a great question, man. Thanks. It's it's great to hear that, especially when a friend comes back to you and says, hey, this really helped. And uh, and that's why we do it. You know, I'm a real estate investor that parlayed my my funds and and free time into trying to impact families. And that's kind of what I've done. And I, I it's not something I planned. You know, I think you know the story. Real estate has been my 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 cornerstone, my 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 core. You know, it's it's created all the opportunities in my life, but it allowed me to parlay into something I never would have had. And you know, twelve years ago, I was was going in through an interesting time in my life. You know, I I had survived the meltdown, uh, which was a feat in itself, being heavily invested in California and Florida. And uh, you know, we were we were going through the the difficulties of of miscarriages with my wife. I was adopting my two oldest sons, you know, bringing these real estate business back from the dead. And I had just been uh, approved to donate a kidney to my father, which was not something I planned, which was a huge, huge commitment and a spiritual journey in itself. And, and all this was hitting Matt at a perfect time when I had been sent an article about uh, Steve Jobs when he died. And this article said, um, Steve Jobs spent his final days uh, surrounded by close family and friends and used those oppor that opportunity for final interviews to explain to his wife and children why he wasn't always there for them. 
you know, and Steve was quoted as saying, I want my family to know who I am. Uh, I wasn't always there for them, but I wanted them to understand why and for them to understand. And his biographer, who's a famous biographer, Walter Isaacson, asked Steve at his deathbed, he was a day or two before, you know, Steve, are you glad you had a family? Are you glad you had children? You know, it's a powerful question, possibly the most successful entrepreneur of all time. He said, Steve fired back without delay. And he said, it's 10,000 times better than anything I've ever done. Mm. And, and when I read that, you know, here I am, Steve Jobs has just passed away. I guess this was 2011. You know, we got the murals, the candlelight vigils, all these crazy stories. And, you know, it totally changed the way that I looked at it because no one in all the news was talking about this, yeah. you know, and, and all people said, Matt, you know, oh, well, Steve Jobs, he had a reputation for being a jerk. And that might be true, but I had to look hard at myself, Matt, at that time and say, where would I be right now if the rug of health was pulled out from me in six months? Would I be doing the same thing? Would I be doing final interviews to explain to my wife and children? And, and Matt, from that day on, it shifted the way that I did business. You know, it, it, the how became so important to me. Will I, will I do a build to rent company? Will I do family retreats? Will I build an RV resort? Like we were talking before the call. Yes. But what about the how? Just like you said, like, Hey man, my vacation is with my girls right now. And, and I didn't want to miss that time. And a mentor had told me you got 18 summers, Jim, you got 18 summers, my daughter. And he was 70 years old, had a great relationship with his grown daughters. He's like, you do those first 18, right? They're going to come back for more. He's like, in the memories that I live off of still, he's like, go all in. You know, whoever gave that awful advice to us, Matt, that put your head down, next five to 10 years, your family will understand. That's bullshit. That's terrible advice. So my whole thing of what I try to do, Matt, I'm the last person to take away ambition. But what I do with our build-to-rent company and then our 18 Summers Family Education, I want to see you be successful in business and investing and successful at home. And that's kind of where I've kind of settled in and how I get to meet, you know, great friends like you and others and other groups we're in together. And that's kind of become my mission and, and my shtick. I love that. And I want to unpack that a little bit because it really has been, right? I think that that hustle, you know, porn mentality that's been pushed of sacrifice and sleep on couches and, you know, working 100 hour weeks. And as I, had really kind of gotten more exposed to guys like you. I really learned and understood that it didn't have to be that way. That didn't have to be my story or my narrative in order to equal success. I mean, you know, your company has built over 2,000 homes, right? You have built RV resorts. You've done all kinds of amazing things that have generated and build, built wealth along the way. But you also have this amazing, I, I mean, I see it. It's it's unbelievable relationship with your wife and your kids. And you guys are spending, you know, three to four months living in Costa Rica. And you're still able to do all of these things in addition to impact families through your 18 Summers company. To go back to when you said hearing that, it changed how you did everything going forward. Like what? Obviously, there was a mental transformation. What did the physical shift look like? How can people build wealth without cannibalizing and sacrificing their family, their values, the things that are really important to them in that process? Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. 
Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. You know, Matt, I think one of the first things we can do is take inventory. Like we got to take brutal, honest inventory. And that's something that we necessarily don't want to slow down to. It's easier to get to the next event and, and oh, let me hear about this new thing. And like, like you were just educating me before, before the call, like, oh, Matt owns medical plazas. I've never owned medical plazas. I should jump in. You know what I mean? It's that, as we talk about perpetual forward, instead of stopping, it's, I remember a mentor said, before you figure out what's next, figure out what's important. And when we figure out to take inventory, who we're working with, how are we getting it done? What, what's the niche that we're in? You know, are we spread into six different things? And what happened for me, Matt, is I really started to take inventory. And I started to take inventory on, on my own health, on, on my own attention span when I was with my family. You know, was it good or bad? And okay, what other things was it pulling me out to? And when I started to take inventory, man, there were some huge changes in my life going back these years. And it took a few years for this to happen. So don't think, oh, Jim, he he had that 90 days to complete transformation. I don't have that for you. But I think you can do it faster than a slow guy like me. But when I, when I really started to get clear on taking inventory, Matt, I ended a long-term business partnership that hadn't been serving me for a long time. I, I hung up my rehab shoes and I knew one way, Matt, one, one way how to make money. I knew how to take a, a dilapidated house, fix it up, rent it or sell it. That was it. That, that's really all that took me from near poverty to, to abundance. Mm-hmm. But I hung that up. I said, this isn't the best way. This isn't the way to scale. I'm going to go into this new construction. So I had to, I had to burn my ships, you know, and, and move forward. I, I looked at my health and things of like anything from the amount of alcohol. And I was never a big drinker, but I wanted to drink even less. You know, I gave my dad a kidney. Like I, I want to live to 118. There's things I got to do. The things I started to do for health, where I wanted to work, you know, merging my company. You know, I had five employees. My my building partner had 145 employees. He would give me a big piece at my own autonomy and I could have more time with my family and not have to figure out this and that. So it just, it, 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 as I started to take inventory of like, I want to be in Costa Rica for three to four months out of the year. How do I back into that? 
So when I started to take inventory of like, well, if I'm finding old houses every week, I can't do that. If I do you see what I'm saying? I, yeah. I started to take inventory in every area of my life. And there were some hard decisions. There were also some exciting decisions. And, and that's the starting point. Brutal honesty in taking inventory. And there's going to be people that don't serve you, niches that you, things that you're working on that just spin your wheels that are not your deepest focus and, uh, and, and people that you want to be closer to that you're kind of neglecting. Yeah. Yeah. I found that for me, when I got really, really clear on kind of what that vision and that North star was, it, it, that clarity created space for me to then make a decision, a yes or a no on certain things that were currently in my world and or, you know, coming into my world in the future on whether or not they really aligned with that North Star, that future, that vision. And I know that family, obviously, was was family kind of all the, 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 the first filter that everything passed through or was it wealth or what, what, like how were you going through that decision-making process, that matrix, I guess, going forward? Yeah, we, we call it the spaghetti strainer. So like when I do our family retreats or our workshops, I think as corny as it sounds, we did our core values that we all put together. And there's, we, we drew a, a picture of a surfboard and, and water because we love ocean adventures. And we just we just put some real core values on there that were important to us. Adventure, love, um, sobriety. Like there's just some things on there. And that's our spaghetti strainer, family. And family's a big one for me. For me, Matt, in, in this, we're, we're doing a book on this. I wanted to leverage my real estate to have a legendary family life. And at first that comes across maybe as sounding pompous or something like that. But a legendary family life for me, Matt, was all the things I dreamed about as a kid that we could never do because we never had any money. You know, as much as hard as my parents tried, we never had it. I wanted to do all the things I dreamed of as a kid and not give up those dreams and be able to live them out. And, you know, my father died two years ago on Christmas Day. I got an extra decade with him of good health after I donated the kidney to him. But he struggled with money his whole life, Matt. And he was a great guy. I said, I want to be able to do all the things he dreamed of he could, he, he wasn't able to do. You know, and so many things of us overlapped. Our love of our Irish culture, going back to Ireland to see our relatives over there, you know, giving to char- charities that I cared about, you know, actively getting into the trenches of third world countries, you know, things he... He always tried to do, but he never had the time or money to do. I wanted to to continue that. That's for me, a legendary family life and let my children be a part of that. So that has been a huge thing for me. And it it does, it, it it's that spaghetti strainer, you know, you dump it in, the good stuff remains, everything else passes out. And I would say family is, is a major core part of it um, for me. I love it. I like that analogy. That's a great one. So then where did the family board meeting in 18 summers come about in this journey? Was it a certain amount of wealth accumulated and passive income and kind of some freedom that created space due to the time now that you had to allocate more towards some of those things? Or how were you building the wealth and building the family priorities and frameworks and things that so many people now use today in their own families? Yeah, so man, the timing was... The, the mission came before the money. You know what I mean? Because look, I had done really well and I was really proud of it. Matt, I came that close to bankruptcy in a way. I was heavily invested in Florida and California. It was a painful time. I protected all, all, of, my, all of my investors. 
which gave us a great reputation, but man, it, I was getting punched so many times on the chin. I couldn't even feel it anymore. You know what I mean? I went, you know, my net worth went from X to minus X, <laughs> X, X. And, uh, and that was a trying time. And then a few short years later, yeah, we were better, but still, you know, licking the wounds. And so when Jamie, you know, showed up in my life, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago now, you know, we fell in love instantly. Uh, but, uh, I didn't expect because it was actually a rule of mine. I didn't date girls with children. It was just something that I didn't want to do because of the other side. Well, Jamie had, you know, my wife and you've met her before. Yeah. Fell in love with her almost instantly. And she was in a, a really bad first marriage. She had married her high school boyfriend out of college. She ended up being an abusive alcoholic, um, terrible situation. And she stood up for herself, got out of it got full custody of her two young sons. And I met her a few years later. And uh, here I am, Matt, out of, you know, just surviving 08 shortly after. Now I've, you know, looked at these two boys that we hit it off famously. And, uh, but they had trust issues for good reasons for what they had gone through. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a big believer for a lot of relationship and family, especially for young boys. It's not therapy and medication that they need. You know, those things have a time and place, but they need attention. They need to feel safe and appreciated and fun. And so what happened, Matt, as we started to come together as a family, the first Christmas, I, you know, the thing that you use now as the board meeting strategy was considered gym days. This is before they even called me dad. This is before they asked me to adopt them. And, uh, and I said, look, this is what we're going to do every quarter. And they're like, okay, awesome. What's a quarter? You know, they're five and seven. They don't, <laughs> I said, every quarter, we're going to spend a day together because I'm busy. I have these businesses, but I want to be here for you guys and have fun together. And every quarter we're going to spend uh, a half a day together. My phone's off, just the two of us. And you're going to plan out the day and I'm going all in. That was it. And what happened that in that first year, especially with my oldest, and, you know, he has become such an incredible young man now, but he really had struggled. It was hardest on him what had happened before me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I came to life, he suffered. Uh, he, had, he had just barely passed the second grade. Um, he was close to failing. He uh, had been put on the spectrum. I can't stand that word. The spectrum at school for autism. And he suffered every night from night terrors. And if you don't know what those are, that you're lucky. It's a terrible situation. A kid wakes up screaming, can take hours to get him back to bed. Well, these quarterly meetings, Matt, through that first year, if you had seen the, the guard go down, the, the safety feeling come hold, and just the conversations we had on these days to completely change them, it was revolutionary. And by the end of that first year, they retracted the diagnosis of autism. He got the most improved student of the third grade and his night terrors were completely gone. And so this is where here, and I'm running two real estate businesses. I'm not a family psychologist. All I knew is quality time is key and, and they need a male figure in their life. And I love them. They've asked me now to adopt them. You know, I never said, don't call me dad. Call me what you want. I'll love you just the same. They said, we want to call you dad and we want you to adopt us. I said, done. And that's where the family board meeting strategy started with. That was 18 summers. And from there, I'm like, holy shit, I'm a dad. I'm an instant dad. How, what, I, want, I want to get them around the right people. All the things you and I didn't get, Matt, I want to get to them. 
So I started hosting these retreats. I invited all of our real estate investor friends. Hey, I just want to get to have a mastermind. We'll do it on the beach with fun. Let's get all our kids together so we can share. They can meet other weird families that aren't of the norm and they're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So we hosted these retreats for five years. And that's how, you know, McCarthy and all the guys, because McCarthy came and that, that was it. 18 Summer was born because I wanted to be a better dad. I didn't know the way to do it. This one strategy that I did changed the relationship I have with my adopted sons. And now they're 20 and 18 and thriving in their own businesses. And it's, you know, it gives me goosebumps. And now I do it with my other three children that followed behind that Jamie and I had together. Um, but that's where it started. You know, real estate funded that dream. But being able to share that and hear like someone like you who's doing so well, but I'm helping you on the family side. Honestly, Matt, that gives me more excitement than had I helped put together an RV deal for you. Yeah, it's man, it, it has been so impactful for my girls. Like they they've got it on their calendars now. They look forward to it. You know, Evie, my youngest, uh, the other day, she's like, I want to go to the Eiffel Tower. I was like, all right, girl, we got to reel this in a little bit. That might be a little <laughs> bit of a challenge for one day. Um but I mean, we've done so many cool things that has honestly empowered them to, you know, think about, you know, ways that ultimately every single one of our board meetings, I see them growing and expanding in ways that I couldn't have planned that any better or scripted it any better. And they were the ones who drove that. And we have, you know, had some really cool conversations. We call it our relationship recharge, which I know you've got all kinds of really cool frameworks in terms of questions and things along those lines. And, you know, just like I do with my wife on uh, a weekly basis for our recharge, we, you know, what did I do well this week? What could I have done better? What do you have coming up this week that I can support you? And I started working that into the, you know, the board meetings with the girls as well. And it has been just... It, it reminds me of how impactful, simple frameworks can be when you exercise them consistently. And, yeah, yeah. and I know you guys have so many amazing frameworks. And maybe you could share some of those that have really worked or impacted you, whether it's with your wife or in your business or with, you know, your, your, your kids. But can you talk a little bit about the, the for those that are really busy, and and have big goals. Can can you just kind of root the perspective around what is 18 summers and why does that number matter? Yeah. So 18 summers, again, my mentor taught me that it's a simple math equation. There was a study done that the average person will spend almost 85% of the quality time they ever have with their child by the end of the 18th summer. And think about it, Matt. That makes sense. Us at 19, we're not spending as much time with our parents as we were at seven. You know, so it starts to delineate. So when you know that, I don't want to be average. So I think that's the average person. There's ways to expand that where I think after the 18th year, you don't have, you know, you know, 15% less time left. You have 20, 25, 30, 35% when you're intentional. And so 18 summers was about making the most of life for entrepreneur families, not letting the business engulf and take over the family or ruin the family, but to have fun along the way to keep connection along the way. And that one strategy that you're doing with your daughters and I did with my sons to bridge the gap in this weird start of a family, it works. I mean, we have over 300,000 families using it now. And now with the new book that came out um, just last month, we're, we're wanting to get it to 2 million. And what excites me, Matt, and this is one of the things you, haven't, you and I haven't even talked about, with your girls, you're gonna have clues. Look for the clues of unique gifts. Because when I just did this update, 
of the book, third edition, just came out. I'm more excited about this than anything because our, our editor was like, do you see what's happened here? So in the first book I talk about, it's not about you, it's about them. So my son always wanted to go fishing. Any time of the week, Matt, I'd rather go surfing. I'm a surfer. He likes to fish. Well, guess what? He's now 19 going on 20. He got his captain's license the day of his 18th birthday or the day after, which is a really rigorous test. He has his own charter fishing business. That's what he always wanted to do. On these board meetings, what do we do? We always went on these trips. And I don't know if you remember my other son, Leland. There's a famous story in our book about him wanting to go up the lighthouse, but he's afraid of heights. I don't know if you remember that. And I slowly bring him up. Well, holy shit, Matt. Last year, and I didn't, I never put the two together. Our editor's like, do you not see this? Him and his buddy started Gutter Boys, and they're killing it. I mean, 17 years old, and they're having multi-thousand dollar days for their business, door knocking, putting together light marketing, getting all these accounts all over, you know, our area. He's on roofs all day long. This is the kid that, you know, 10 years, 12 years earlier for his board meeting to overcome fears is now on, on roofs all day long. So with your girls, don't try to figure it out, but just know they're on, they're on, they're, they're either removing fears or they're going deep into talents and probably both mm. and see this and you don't try to guess it for them. I could have never picked my son to do a charter fishing business and that, but we knew others that were doing it and killing it and happy and investing part-time in real estate. So I just kind of stepped back and helped facilitate the space. So absolutely key is, is the family board mean strategy. The next thing which, which is even more important because I think it's the trickle down, which we put in the new book, is, is date night with a question. Man, I, I can't tell you how many big events I've been to. And I teach this now where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling a little separated at home. And I'm like, okay, when do you meet with your CFO? Every Wednesday, three to five, I'll meet with my CFO. Okay, that's great. Name the day and time you meet with your wife or husband for, for a date every week. Crickets. Okay, when's the last time you went on a date? Uh, seven, eight months ago, the kids, you know, I've been traveling. Da, da, da. Date night with a question has saved so many marriages. That's the next thing in, in our book that we're doing. Let me explain what date night with a question yeah. is. Now. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'm just like you. I am a flying high, ambitious, go, go, go entrepreneur. So I'll mess it up. Every Wednesday, 530 to 830, it's date night. I can't miss it. I can't mess it up. We always have a standing sitter. So there's no excuse. It's middle of the week, hump week. We tried it on the weekends, didn't work. Whatever works for you, me and Jamie said it's same bat time, same bat channel. Then when I get there, I use my strategies of, you know, I do tech fast when I'm on these days with my kids, no electronics. Don't want that text, phone call, you know, useless Facebook thread. Why the hell would I want that when I have my beautiful wife in front of me? Yep. And then this is the key, Matt, and we put this together. I'll send you and your wife one of a, one of the decks of cards. We found when we were finally getting space, we had the time down. I wasn't dumb enough to get on my phone. You don't want to be going, oh, how was the kid's day at school today? Right. What errands are we running on uh, Saturday? You know, ooh, that's, you know, the romance is just brewing with questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you say, name the moment that you you fell in love with me. You know, name a time when we were going through 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 a tough streak and I didn't show up for you and how I could have done it better. Ooh, that one you got to lower the guard for. Name the best three adventures we've been on and which one you want to take again first. You know, name the teacher who had the most inspiration and impact on your life and why. That one, man, me and my wife, that's still one that we just share with. What I learned of how I can show up for her and she can show up for me has changed our marriage. 
And what it is, better questions, better life, man. Yeah. If I go on every date with one to two powerful questions, and we don't try to be that annoying entrepreneur to answer 10 or 12, I'm talking one or two. Well, imagine if you do that every week, week in and week out, a new thing with you and your wife of a question you think, oh, I should know the answer to this. But I can tell you, we've hosted these dinner events. We've got people happily married for 35 years that are learning things on these questions in this deck. And I want to keep dating my wife. I'm attracted to her. I want to keep showing up for her, wooing her. And that's what a date night does. And you can't overlook this. I think I think what I've learned, if I've learned about anything with this family situation, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a family therapist. And that might be good because the solution doesn't have to be as complicated as we've made the problem. Right. Yes, those experts are needed. I lean on them for certain things. But as you said, the routine, Matt, you know, the routine of wealth, health, and relationships goes in unison. And if you have certain routines and rhythms, you know, that's my big word, rhythms, to keep that kind of beat going, that's key. So date night with a question, which, again, is in our new book, absolute game changer. Um, the third one, which is a little more impromptu, uh, is teen night. You know, Matt, I got a 16-month-old, a 6-year-old, an 8-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 20-year-old. You don't have the same conversation, or maybe you do, and I don't know how, but, you know, we have a great time together. But sometimes those older boys over the last few years, they needed my my time. And, uh, and, and so what we would do is one night a week, we'd let the little ones have a TV movie, even though we don't do a lot of TV. TV movie, they get to eat dinner just with themselves, and we sit at the table and have a mastermind. Us and our older boys, we play a financial game like cash flow. We whiteboard, you know what I mean? So all of their businesses, all the tough things they're going through, health challenges they've had, we'll sit there and whiteboard, mastermind style, hot seat style, like you and I have done. And that was for our teens. That's been absolutely key. So yeah. and we're, we're talking sex, death, suicide, you, you know, uh, drugs, every, everything is on the table in these meetings. Yeah. And I wasn't talked to about these things. So that's been key, like teen masterminds. If you have teens, and we always read a book. So the list of books, Matt, from Richest Man in Babylon to The Alchemist, to Outwitting the Devil, to you know, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, to Think and Grow Rich, we do what's called a deep dive, slow digest. So for these teen nights, we're always reading one book, and we read about three books a year. We're not talking a lot. Yep. We'll read 10 to 15 pages a week and then discuss them. And I think that goes a lot further than saying, here's a book, go ahead and read it, give me a hundred, you know, a one-page report on it. You know, that's that's okay. But when we discuss a book, I learn more, I learn more about my kids. So those are the three, Matt. Our family board meeting strategy, quarterly day with each kid, date night weekly with your wife, bringing a question that's powerful, and then teen night, where we're just given our focus time to learn these lessons not taught in school, whiteboard and mastermind the same way you and I do in some of our, you know, more advanced group meetings. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part 
of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Yeah, I think one of the things that you I really learned from you was <clears throat> just just as business is simple, it's not easy, but it but it's simple. It requires hard work, it requires that intention. Why why are we not giving that same amount of energy and attention to our family? Mm-hmm. Um especially cuz that's where in my opinion you get the greatest ROI out of the best treasures in life, which is the relationships and connections and the experiences, but the people who matter most to you. Um, and I, and I love that you guys are so, and it requires engagement, right? Like this, this shit ain't happening on accident. You guys are, you guys are really investing, but the frameworks and how you guys have simplified it have made the hard a lot easier. And, you know, that intentionality that goes into it. It just, the, the ROI that pays out on that, man, it's just so hard to measure, but it's so impactful. And um, he, every time I talk to you, I learn something new that I'm, I'm like already my, 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 my head spinning thinking, okay, I, I want to try that and want to do that. Um, what are, you know, some of them, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the wealth building aspect of, of what you're doing with, you know, the Southern Impression Homes and the Build to Rent, because I know we got a lot of wealth builders on here that are going, I want to continue to invest in my family and I want to continue to invest in, and build wealth. Um, what are some of the things that you think are the greatest challenges parents are facing today, business owner, parents, entrepreneur, parents, and just parents in general are facing today that um, should be spotlighted in, in, in your guys's education, you know, company with 18 Summers is really creating some space to bring conversation and, and attention to those things. You know, Matt, it's like if, if you came to me and, or I came out to California, we had a great time together and you sat down and said, Jim, got this thing for us. Great business, great history. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Matt, tell me. Pay phones. We're going to put up pay phones. All our, and, and I'm kind of, oh, God, I really like Matt. I don't want to let him down, but I'm not blowing harder money. My point of this is it's come and gone. Yeah. It's, it's come and gone, right? And, and before our call, we were talking about things that have come and gone and, and having to adapt. When, when, as parents, we start to doubt ourselves because we don't have a certificate in certain different things. I'm not telling you to play doctor to your own child or something like that, but the certification I'm talking about is, 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 is education. 
And, and for me, and this might be a little controversial, but I think that a lot of our education out there is completely antiquated. And even though we feel it, even though we see it, even though guys and you and I meet at events that we pay really good money to learn things we didn't teach in school, we're afraid to turn our back on education to a certain point. The formal education that when we really do the litmus test, we're like, it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. It's it's For me, education was about helping my children uncover their gifts and talents and then preparing them for the practical affairs of life. Yeah. That's my definition. That's my spaghetti strainer, Matt, right? I'm just not getting that. So like I think, you know, 10 years ago, I said, I got to take this into my own hands. I don't know how. But most of the time, confidence comes way later on. You know what I mean? Where you're like, it's just not the right way. So I think people have to be open to getting their kids the the more important lessons and, and, and again, taking true inventory and saying, is this education really helping my children? Yep. And, and, and it's scary, but I'll tell you, the more I've done it, the, the more relaxed I am. And, and you, know, I'm not, you don't have to go way off into left field, but, but I would challenge you to look at the, the norms of education and is it really going to help your children get to that point, to uncover gifts and talents and prepare them for the practical affairs of life? For me and my life experience, Matt, no. It wasn't yeah. until I met guys like you at different events and these specialized learnings. And for my children, I said, I'm going to get a lot of slack. And I did over the last 10 years. Like, hey, we're, we're leaving school. We're doing it a different way. Yeah, we'll use Montessori, Waldorfs, and, but we're, we're going a different path to focus on what I feel is most important and has helped us and people like you. And that has made all the difference, that road less traveled. And I think that's what people have to be open to. It's okay to call bullshit if education is not helping your kids. That's been huge for me. Man, I know we could have probably a whole nother podcast on that, but uh, another big, big win of being around guys like you and being in GoBundance was, yeah, we we did the kind of the same thing, same kind of path, you know, from your perspective of a lot of what has served me at the highest levels of life uh, did not come from the formal education from, you know, high school to to college. And, you know, the four-year degree I got there, it was getting around other people that had me thinking differently. And I was open-minded enough to say maybe what I did believe to be true or necessary in the past may not be what needs to be true or necessary going forward. And when COVID kind of hit, we homeschooled our girls. And then we said, hey, this was a lot of hard work. And we definitely are, you know, kind of failing our way forward on this, but they're doing great. Let's give it another go. And then we did it the second year and then we did it the third year. And now we're, you know, going, going forward with that and saying, we want to do what's best for the, the kids and, and what we believe in terms of our family values and not necessarily what people have told us we have to do or is, the right way of doing things and has been the right way of doing things for so long. And so I, I love that you brought that up, right? Because I think that the, the point of it is, is just being open-minded to whatever the desired outcome is and knowing that there's many different paths of getting there. And you have to be one intentional about educating yourself and equipping yourself to give yourself the best chance to get that outcome. And also that it may change and pivot and require adoption and adaptation along the way. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a, uh as you said before, a fail forward. But what you got clear on, it sounds like you said, I am most loyal to what's best for my children, not to the system. 
Yeah. There's something very liberating about that. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's not, that's not anarchy. That's saying it's time to evolve. And if they're not going to, I always joke, Matt, I'm not going to get fit by picking in a McDonald's. Just not. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen. But I'll, I'll try to do it. I'll try to eat a different way. Right. And that's the same with our kids' education. So I think there are lots of ways. Once you start to think outside the box, you can have a lot of fun with it. People are, how are you in Costa Rica for a few months a year? Oh, well, you know, we do a mixture of homeschooling and work with a Montessori school. Well, you can't pull them out then. Well, yeah, we can because we go to another Montessori school down there. Well, they don't allow that. Yes, they do. If you actually look and ask and question and negotiate, and it can be fun. You know, we're, we, we, you know, we call it road schooling. Our friend Aaron Omishtag, we've talked a lot about that adventure schooling or road schooling. And, uh, and I just think my, my kids have a different worldliness than I ever did, Matt. My hometown seemed a lot bigger and more important than it ever was. And I had a lot of insecurities and and just blind spots that I think that they're so much more clear on. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, I think most of our audience, people listening to this, they already have an outlier mentality. They don't want to be yeah. Yeah, another salmon swimming in the same direction as every single fish anyways, right? We have that outlier mentality. We don't want the ordinary. We desire and, and you know, pursue the extraordinary and I will say, as you as you mentioned it, you know, as we started talking to more people, more families in our world, it was like, oh, that's cool. Good job. Tell me more about that. When we talked to more of the salmon swimming in the same direction, we got a lot of a lot of, lot of, looks, a lot of, lot of questions. <laughs> like, who the hell are you, dude? Like, you know, and um, and honestly, to me, that was uh, an acknowledgement and a tip of the cap that I was doing the right thing. Because... I, uh, yeah, I look at most of the people that are, and and not saying that they're wrong or that um, it's a bad choice for them. We just knew that it was going to be different for us and we were okay with being different and exploring what that looked like. And that's key. You know, mentor of mine said, Matt too, he said, is an Aussie guy. He said, you know, mate, 95% of the world is broken, unhappy. So just do the opposite. And that's always stuck with me. I love and that. Of course, you have to decipher and spaghetti strain on that, but but there's a lot of merit to that when you really think about it. Absolutely. So, real quick, as we kind of you know turn the corner on maybe a little bit more of the tactical wealth building side of what you've been doing, because you know we've been talking about all I'm tapping into the family wisdom selfishly, um, but man, I know you are one of the sharpest you know development and you know real estate investing minds that um, I've crossed paths with. Talk a little bit about, you know, your your build to rent business and, and why you guys believe in that model so much. I know a lot of institutional capital has been thrown into that world. Some, you know, headlines and people believe we are becoming a, you know, uh, a renter's country. You know, what is the, what's the kind of the investment thesis around that? And, and, and what's your, uh, what's your, your plan and approach for how you guys continue to scale off of and beyond those 2000 homes you guys have already built? Yeah. The, the, this was all born out of starting in one thing and, and having to morph into another. You know, I did bulk foreclosures. You know, after 08, there was lots of them out there. We were buying them, fixing them up, and I'd either keep them or, you know, work with an investor, sell it to them and manage for them. Well, but by 2014, Matt, things started to change. You know, everyone was bidding them up. It was expensive. And so my now building partner and I, he had done management for my portfolio. And he said, you know, my dad and I have a building license. What if we built some houses instead of trying to find these old fixer-uppers? So it was an experiment. And because it was a need, you know, we didn't want to cut corners on our rehabs. It was getting bid up too much. The numbers didn't work for us or our investors. 
And we said, okay. So we built that first $3 million worth of properties in an area of Jacksonville we had been in. It went okay at best. And we learned some lessons and it hurt. But fast forward eight years later, we did $185 million in sales. And so what had happened, Matt, is I got clear on my old model had to die to go to this new one. Mm-hmm. And with the rent, look, the institutions were much more interested. And we work with the institutions. I honestly prefer the individual investors. We have over 850 active investors with us that we've built portfolios for. And it's their second source of income. It's, it's, it's created another income without a second job. And that's what we're about with a lot less headaches, a lot less maintenance repairs, a lot less turnover, better resaleability uh, and and just growth, you know, with the new construction model opposed to the old homes. One of the biggest things with the old homes, Matt, and I know because you've owned tons, look, I own old homes, but I know about the three-year curse. Three-year curse is I don't care if I did new roof, new heating, cooling, new plumbing, update kitchens, baths. 1940s, 1950s house after three years, Matt, I just know my maintenance repairs is normally going to go up. Mm -hmm. Nine years, almost 10 years in on the new construction, being able to build it from scratch with more durability, better aesthetics, better planning, updated materials all over. We haven't had the three-year curse. That's really important to me, important to our investors who might have a great career. And they just, they want to be involved in real estate, but they don't know exactly how. They love Florida for our landlord laws, for our growth but they don't have the connections here. So we have that all service. So we figured if we could supply residential investments, so that single family duplexes and quads, and one thing we could do better than any of the national builders, national builders will not build duplexes and quads. They just won't, they have no interest. We knew if we filled that gap and could get management in place, really good management, that we could open up ourselves to a huge window. And sure enough, now we're in 14 different markets, you know, working with some of the larger institutions, which is great, but consistently. I mean, we have tons of case studies of people that are like, I didn't want to quit my job or, Hey, I'm in a business that does well, but I'm not sure how to get into real estate in my backyard. Definitely doesn't have it. That's where we stepped in. And I know from building portfolios, older homes, rehabbed and new construction night and day, it's just a completely different experience. And for our people wanting to look long-term like myself, that makes sense. Absolutely. And I love that you guys have really created this turnkey model and process with so you know, so much in the rear view mirror of a successful track record. And, you know, you guys are creating more opportunities for new investors coming in. If somebody's listening to this and is gone, that sounds very interesting to me. Who is your ideal investor? How much capital are they, you know, kind of thinking they should need to bring to the table? What kind of returns should they be looking at? What does that kind of whole model look like? Yeah, our average person is someone who's, you know, if you're looking to flip your first home or wholesale your first deal, we're not for you. You know, most of our people, they've done a few properties or they're in a position to start really getting into real estate investing uh, and want to build a small portfolio. You know, to get going with this, you really only need as low as 65000 to buy into a single family home. You know, but our most successful clients, Matt, normally buy anywhere from three to seven properties you know, combination of our single family duplexes and quads and let us do the work. You know, if you're wanting to recreate your own system, that's great. But if you're wanting to be more hands-off, to not create a second or third job and to lean into our system, we're perfect for them. You know, again, our property prices go from about 240 up to 800,000 for the quads, you know, in areas. We're hitting about a five to seven cap right now on new construction, you know, and with very conservative growth patterns of what we're setting at about 50% of what Florida has normally been over the last 75 years, 
you know, we're looking at, you know, a high double digit 18 to 22% IRR for our people. So it's a great long-term portfolio strategy. You know, again, we have all of our case studies are normally people. Again, they had a great business or a great career. They're a busy professional. We've helped build this side portfolio that they're now starting to lean on and receive cash flow. And, you know, it's that solid soldier that allows them to step back and not necessarily leave their job, but depend less on it. Yep. I love it. So for those that want to know more about whether it's 18 Summers and the education family education company, obviously you got your new passive income playbook coming out. You've got, you know, the family board meeting, or it's more information on the, you know, investment opportunities that you guys have with Southern Impression Homes. Where's the best place for them to connect with you, reach out to you? And we'll be sure to link that up at millionermycast.com on Jim's episode. Yeah, uh, jjplaybook.com. Jamie and I wrote what's called our passive income playbook. How do we go to zero to 40K plus in passive income? And where did Bill Durant play a piece in that? What are the lessons we learned along the way? So we share those principles and a little bit about our building company and what it's doing for other investors. That's a great starting point. And if you want to learn about the family stuff a little bit more, you can go to 18summers18summers.com. A lot of what we discussed is there. The book is there. Um, and you can get that on Barnes & Nobles or Amazon as well. So we'll be sure to link that up, millionermindcast.com on Jim's episode. Be sure to check that out. Brother, I got I to gotta just give you so much love, man. You've made such an impact on me, on my family, uh, on just our future as a whole. And, and just who you are, what you stand for, you know, through and through. You're, you're just my kind of peeps and I, I got a lot of respect for you. So appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, giving Millionaire Mindcast family a little bit of a taste of what you got going on. Wow, it's great to be here. Good seeing you always, Matt. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also gonna get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to millionairemindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools. So be sure to check those out at millionairemindcast.com. And last but not least, If you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind-the-scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word NOTES to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Cheers.